When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at Labbrooks.com. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, standing in again as host, and with me today is nobody. We have got an injury crisis, so this is going to be shorter than usual, and it's basically a monologue. This has happened a couple of times before. Some of you might remember the Fergus Craig soliloquy, so-called because Fergus is a theatre ponce. But basically, this is just going to be me talking about how awful our club is for as short as possible. So let's begin with the Sheffield Wednesday game yesterday. And I'd originally done a running order yesterday before the game and thought, we'll put Wednesday in first so that there's something positive to talk about before going on to the Watford game. Little did I know then just how shit we are. I think... The crucial thing with this is it wasn't just that we were playing Sheffield Wednesday at home in the Cup, which we've said publicly we're now going for. It was that we were playing Sheffield Wednesday who'd made 10 changes. So we were playing Sheffield Wednesday reserves and actually a fairly strong Newcastle lineup, and we offered nothing. So we had Mbemba covering at left back. If only a podcast had predicted a while ago that we had no left-back cover and should have signed someone. Mike Williamson returned, which I think we were all very pleased about. And De Jong went up front in a kind of copy of Luke De Jong. He was sort of stuck up on his own as a false nine, and I think now we can all agree that experiment should never, ever be done again. I think most depressingly in our lineup, there was no Perez. Bearing in mind we have no strikers, Cissé's now injured, although he's a ghost as well, if you listen to previous podcasts. So I've no idea why we didn't start with Perez. Luckily on the left we had Tovan, and he, I think, I'm in the same boat as most other listeners here, where 
I've not seen the game because there was no way to actually see the game live. But from the journalists that were in the game, Tovan apparently had one of the worst games they've ever seen a player have. And the guy from the mail gave him one out of ten for the first time. I think in his entire career, he's given a player mark that low. So that's a sign of how good we were. Now, specifically the goal, I think Tim Krull in the past has been accused by Dave of being Chris Packett hands, and that was exactly the same again. It was eminently savable, and there was just no closing down to talk of. But more depressingly than them scoring, we had one shot on target in the whole game. So it's a great time to be a Newcastle fan, guys. Thanks for listening. I was trying to think before this if there are any positives at all we could take from this game. And I think the only thing approaching, not even a positive, but a neutral, something that wasn't absolutely dog shit, was Kevin Mbabu uh, filling in at right back because he just wasn't terrible. Although he was then brought out at the end to do the media duties for the team, which I think says a lot about the kind of people we have at our club where the one taking responsibility for a terrible performance is the young Swiss right-back who's nearly out of contract and will almost definitely not play for us. So that was the Chef Wednesday game. Let's move horribly on to another massive negative and Watford at home at the weekend. And after the West Ham game the other week, Steve McLaren said we needed a reaction and we got one. We were worse somehow. They said it wasn't possible, but we managed it. We were absolutely dog shit again. And we talked on the pod last week about the lineup for the Watford game and who we'd choose. And there were wholesale changes from me and Dave. And it was pretty uninspiring to see there was only one major change to the lineup for the Watford game. Cissé somehow kept his place. I don't know what he would have had to have done to be dropped. And. Aaron's again started on the bench. I know we're putting a lot of pressure on a young left winger who's had about four or five decent performances, but he does at least look to be one of the few players we've got who'll actually try. And I think there's a lot to be said when we're in a crisis, which McLaren's even acknowledged now, we're officially in a crisis. Just stick on a kid who doesn't actually mind running at people and doesn't really have any fear. But that didn't happen, and we were pretty awful. And Watford deserved their win, I think that's fair enough to say. Cissé, awful, as we've discussed, and I think if anyone was in doubt as to whether he can play as a lone striker, and none of us are, because we've seen it all season and he just can't, we're not in doubt anymore. And he's unavailable for the next few games, and I think good. Good, really. Brilliant. Uh, Shearer on Match of the Day, I think if any of you saw it, he was particularly scathing about Florian Tovan turning up in a tuxedo again, which is sort of fair enough. You can see doing it once, but then when a crisis is no place for a tuxedo, he should have been in maybe not military gear, but just something more sensible that says I'm taking this seriously. And this was in the week when Tovan was linked with Barcelona, who, if, if they want to buy him, please, please come and buy him. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say about the Watford game, but I'd quite like to move on because it's, I don't want to get bogged down too much in how depressing we are at the moment to watch. But 
I think taking the whole of last week, the Wednesday and the Watford game, into account, it really does say something when a man who was on the front pages of the papers for allegedly fucking the head of a dead pig had a better week than us. So we can't really go much lower. And the statistics are not looking good. There was a very good article on Football 365 which went through some of the worst statistics about us at the minute. I'll go through this quickly because I can hear Fergus sort of waking up and his hatred of statistics in the background. But two points from the last nine league away games. We've got the lowest league goals in the whole country, not just the Premier League, but the entire four divisions. We've got four wins in all competitions in 2015, and those four have come against Hull, Villa, West Ham, and Northampton. They're the only teams we've been able to beat this calendar year. And quite worrying as well, McLaren's form, not just with us, including his spell at Derby, he's won six matches since the beginning of February, and he's now on a 12.5% win percentage, making him quite impressively, I thought, because I was sure he couldn't get this accolade. The worst Newcastle manager ever. Now, I think in the interests of balance and in the interest of representing Dave, who isn't here, we should say it's too soon to obviously be saying he is a terrible manager. But the question does need to be asked, and is being asked a lot at the moment, who is to blame for how we're doing at the moment? There's been quite a few articles going around, and people have been saying, basically the choices that seem to be coming up, is it Ashley, Charnley, Carr, or McLaren? I've not seen anyone saying maybe it's the god-awful players we've got. I think there's a lot of responsibility to be taken there, but with that in mind... I think if we go through them in order, can you blame Mike Ashley? I think he's the common thread in all the terrible managers we've had. If you believe some of the reports, he just puts the money in and then lets his people do whatever business needs to be done. I don't think it's quite as simple as that. It does seem to be a trickle-down of terribly low ambition from the top. Speaking of terribly low ambition, Lee Charnley, who I'm not sure... Anyone has been promoted above their station quite so much ever. Possibly me doing this podcast on my own at the moment, but that's the closest I can think of. And he... I don't really get what Lee Charnley does. He appointed McLaren, didn't interview anyone else, didn't seem to want anyone else. And there was a good Telegraph article this week which says around the club he has the nickname Little Mike which you would assume was Mike Ashley's penis's nickname, but apparently it's Charnley's as well, because he just basically goes around trying to do anything that will make Ashley happy. So that's good that he's at the helm. And finally, I think Graham Carr, for the first time in a long time, is starting to come under scrutiny. And it feels like it's the right time for that, because he may have signed Kabai and Debushi, but he has been dining out on that a lot. There's been some pretty poor signings recently. And of all, I would say the last dozen, it's hard to think of any that have really come through and cemented themselves as top, top players. It's too early to judge the ones from the summer, I think, but Tovan's not looking amazing, and you can see why he was in the league on worst 11 of the season. And McLaren, I would say it's... I'm going to do a Dave and say it is a bit too early to judge him because 
it's eight games but it's not looking great and you do wonder what would need to happen for him to break with 4-2-3-1 and Cissé up top although they return of Mitrovic possibly but that's all the negatives kind of done for now it feels wrong to not look for some kind of positive so we asked on Twitter earlier on the at Newcastle Natter account if there were any positives I think quite negatively there was only one response but Alex Chun said possibly Sunderland are just as bad we can all cry together that's the only positive that seems to be going on but it is it's kind of a positive we are slightly better than Sunderland who are awful and there were some good posts on Twitter this week saying the derby is basically going to be Takeshi's castle I think I'm not looking forward never look forward to the derby but this one in particular just feels like it's going to be absolutely abysmal any other positives we can't get worse I would say these two games have been two of the worst we've had even though neither of them have been a hammering I think what's hurt most about them is the fact that it felt like we'd turned a corner it just feels a bit stupid now to be back here again in exactly the same scenario we were last season and nothing seems to have changed another positive it might force a tactical rethink because something needs to I think at home especially against Sheffield Wednesday setting up to contain their reserve team speaks of not really having a plan B and we desperately need a plan B so that's the positives which on reflection are very very negative Okay, moving on quickly. Let's look at the upcoming games, and it does not look very good. So, the next game this Saturday is Chelsea at home. It's the evening kickoff. There's no Diego Costa, but he'll be there in spirit with the return of Mitrovic. So, that's good to know. He'll be going mental. And I think if one thing has been lacking from the last two games, it's been any sense of fight feels like we'll have that probably in the worst possible way both first choice fullbacks are doubtful Yanmar had to come off at half time or halfway through the Chef Wednesday game and Haidara is doubtful so we don't have a recognised fullback on either side which should be quite good for Eden Hazard and I think I'm not going to watch that game because firstly we're going to be absolutely awful And it's going to be my wedding anniversary and I can't see any world where me suggesting we go and watch Newcastle play Chelsea going down well. But who knows, it could happen. But following Chelsea, we've got a very easy away game at Man City. So I think think we can all agree we're screwed for those two games. Anything above zero points would be a bonus. Then we have two games which are winnable and I think we need to start getting points in. So we've got Norwich at home followed by the Derby, Sunderland away. And I I know Dave is constantly saying we can't start judging things this early and we need to give time, but I think if we don't pick up more than three points in those two games, we are fucked and we are going down. So that's a nice cheery message. And of those four games, three of them are on Sky, which is very annoying, frankly. The number of times 
we're in quite good form, never on TV. Suddenly, as soon as we hit a crisis, we're on every week. But if you're looking to try and negotiate a Sky discount, it's probably a good reason to call them up and just say, Newcastle are on every week. Can I have some money off, please? Because this doesn't count as football. But who knows? We might pick up something in those games. I don't see us getting anything against Chelsea or Man City, but do tweet in your predictions at Newcastle Natter. We don't have Dave's or Fergus's yet, so we'll have to do some kind of honours system where next week we say what our predictions were. I can't see us getting... I think 3-0 to Chelsea quite negatively because I just... I don't think Mitrovic will get sent off. That's as positive, I think, as I can go. And I think that's everything. So sorry, everyone. That was very negative. And, yeah, that's not a good week of football. If we can just put this behind us, I hope it'll get better, guys. It probably won't. Let's just... Should we all hibernate for the Chelsea and Man City games and come out for Norwich and see see how it's looking then? No. Okay, look, I think that's everything, but before that, there is an announcement as well. So, I'm going to do the traditional Fergus Craig meltdown. We have signed up with Ladbrooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we have wrangled out of them for you. Follow the links on this show's description and on our Facebook page and Twitter feed and our mini-pod at the end of the week with some tips and exclusive odds for you. For starters, there is a free bet of up to £50 for when you click on the link and enter the code LAD50. Okie doke. Well, at the end of a terrible week for Newcastle, I have been Paul Doolan. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.